Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU. And right now, what if I'm Alex? I'm Pete. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about season one, episode four of What If? What if Doctor Strange lost his heart? instead of his hands. So if you haven't watched the episode, use your eyes instead of your heart or hands. Watch the episode because we're going to spoil it. But the broad overview here is that Doctor Strange watches his girlfriend, Christine Palmer, die instead of hurting his hands. Things happen pretty much how they normally do in the first Doctor Strange movie. But at that point, things start to veer off as he decides to use the Eye of Agamotto to travel back in time and try to save her. He can't. Multiple times he fails. And instead, this Doctor Strange decides to go down the same path as Baron Mordo seemingly does at the end of the Doctor Strange movie, where he starts to absorb beings to gain their power in order to change an absolute point in time, which is the death of Christine Palmer, and when that happens, he ends up fighting himself. So it's Strange Supreme versus the Sorcerer Supreme, and ultimately he wins, but also loses, because he still loses Christine, and at the end he is trapped in a crystal prison of his own making, despite begging the Watcher himself to save him. So definitely the darkest episode so far, and Pete... I know you've been really enjoying the sunnier, happier what-ifs that we know from our childhood, similar to, like, episodes of The Twilight Zone that always really ended with, like, and they lived happily ever after. Go fuck yourself with that (laughs) shit. All right? This episode should be called What the Fuck. All right? What in the hell was this? Like, hey, hey, listen. Hey, you want... Mm-hmm. Do you want do you want us to crush all your dreams and leave you just really questioning what you're doing with your life? Like, what kind of sad ass ending, fucked up shit was that? You can't leave people there. That's not very nice. Uh, again, I know we're hitting the same discussion every single time out of the gate, but this is a classic what if story. This is the one, even more Good than guy. last week, that felt like the old comic books to me. Okay. So here's the problem I have with the what if, and I will admit that, you know, going in, there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder because Mm -hmm. the what ifs uh, traditionally haven't been enjoyable for me because you invest time and energy in something that then doesn't matter at all or gets taken down a dark place and then leaves you worse off than when you started reading it. So when you first say, hey, what if Doctor Strange loses his heart? Boo. That's what we're doing with our time. That's how we're going to spend our time. What if he loses his heart? That boo. Okay. So fine. We get to see some new characters. But again, Marvel's making like horrible 
decisions and then rotting or dying with them? Like, why is she still the agent one? Like, Marvel, you don't hear reviews. Oh, you're of- saying a lot of things at the same time. So yeah, there's uh, a lot going on in this episode. Okay, so hold on. Let's before. Before we get and talk about the ancient one, because I do think that's worth talking about because there's all controversy in the background there, as you're alluding to the overall thrust of the episode. And I think, again, we're going to be on opposite sides of this because I got real worried towards the end of this episode that the good Doctor Strange, if that's what you want to call him, was going to win, that we were going to have a classic heroes versus villains story and ultimately learns a lesson and moves on. No, they made us watch. A cape die, the good cape, and it was agonizing. <laughs> I, was like, so I was like, oh, fun, cape fight. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no. That was, hands down, the saddest part of the episode was watching Capey die no. 100%. Well, where it left us I thought there was a certain amount of bravery here in terms of the MCU to allow the story to go in the natural direction it was heading, which was that the bad Doctor Strange, I think they're calling him Strange Supreme, Strange Supreme uh, was overpowered. Like, he was more powerful than the other Doctor Strange. There's no way that the other Doctor Strange could win. And they let the story follow that path, go to its natural conclusion, and show that going down this dark path ultimately leads to a very dark ending. So... I'm glad they allowed this story to do it. I don't think it's anything they can or should do in the mainstream MCU, but that's exactly what these what-if stories are for, is to explore other possibilities. Okay, so the possibilities is what gets me upset. There's so many places it can go. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, if Doctor Strange was, you know, really kind of tried to do it and ignored all the warnings along the way, yes, that would happen. Yes, that is awful. Why, you know, why do that then? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... They should call the show, Why Do That? Why do that? Why Why do do that? that? Like, why (laughs) would you do that to us? Mm -hmm. Can we also get back to the title of the episode? Because if Doctor Strange lost his heart, he would just die instantly, you know? So it's a weird, weird title for the episode. It's a weird start, for Mm -hmm. sure. And we should probably talk about the the flip, you know what I mean? Because it tried to, you know, like go animated at the very end. I feel like you should just go do the animated flip if it's going to be for an animated show. You know? What Are I mean? you talking about the opening sequence? Yeah, I'm talking about the Marvel I'll tell you what, it's funny. I keep meaning to bring this up every episode of the podcast that we do about what if. And I keep forgetting to talk about it. Given that you're really into the Marvel flip, I get that's your whole thing. But the fact that they change the Marvel Studios logo to an animated Marvel Studios logo. That's you kind of like that, right? That's fun. I, it was like, ah, we see you a little bit at the end there. It was kind of like, you know, I feel like it would be fun if we did an animated flip. There's been amazing animated mm-hmm. stuff before. What did you think about the fact, so they go to the animated version of the Marvel Studios logo at the beginning, and then Kevin Feige pops out and is like, Pete, what do you think? What do you think, <laughs> Pete? You like this? Huh? It's like a, huh? sort of halfway. Do you see what we did huh? there? He does the Will Smith pointing thing with his hand. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, back into the episode. So I I don't think we're going to come to a point of agreement here in terms of the darkness of the ending necessarily. I mean, go ahead. I mean, I, I, it's this idea that like, you know, how, what do you do for love? How, where do you, you know, stop for love? So it's this idea of heart and like the fact that, he would do anything to bring her back. That's a, a kind of a beautiful idea, but it's 
it gets really dark. And at one point, Wong is like, uh, or not, uh, not Wong. Uh, one of the characters is like, love will shatter your mind. I was like, wow, this is really, mm. really dark, guys. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, what are we trying to say here? That like, hey, you should love somebody, but like, be cool about it. What did you think about the idea that they had multiple timelines existing in one timeline in a show that is about multiple timelines. Because there was something about that that I was like, this is this is like one step too far, guys. Yeah, yeah, there's two timelines. Wait, that can't that can't work, right? Yeah, guys? That's so what we're, we're already doing. We're already yeah. doing that. You're putting a hat on a hat here, I think, to be honest. <laughs> um but I didn't mind it. I also liked the idea that you can make these different choices and that ultimately this bad strange goes so far down the wrong path he can't see past what he's doing. He spent centuries consuming all of these different beings and getting their power. And he's just, he's past it. He's too far gone, but getting to see that other choice, even if it, you know, broke the gears of my brain a little bit. Uh, I still, I like that because there is that moment. We all feel that moment of, You've had a little bit too much to drink. Are you going to do this bad thing? Are you going to do this good thing? You know, what direction are you going to head in? And it really could go either way. And we get to see both of those, which I thought was very nice. Uh, Let's jump over to Tilda Swinton, though, as the ancient one, because just to talk about that, there's been so much discussion here about the choice to cast a Caucasian woman in the role of the ancient one. I think if I remember correctly, and I should have looked this up beforehand, but if I remember correctly, they have come back in the intervening years and be like, ah, that was kind of a mistake. We were trying to be clever in terms of the ancient one is this very racist stereotype at certain points of the comics. What if instead we made it a woman and flipped it that way? So the thought was there, but the execution was flawed. I believe Tilda Swinton has said that. Kevin Feige has said that. I don't know if Benedict Cumberbatch has said that. But then to your point, to come back and be like, no, she is the age of one. You doubled down on it. Yeah. Why would you do that, though? Well, how here's here's what I'll throw out to you mm-hmm. that I was thinking about while I was watching the episode. How do you do the episode without her then? Because she's a kind of an important point of exposition. Are and you, I don't know what serious? other character would provide Dude, that. Have you been watching the other episodes? Not all the same people have been playing the same. Like there's different voice actors. Throw in a different voice actor. Mm. What? Oh, what's the problem? So you're saying, well, maybe not a different voice actor. I mean, you t- have to totally revamp the character. I yeah. guess you're saying since it is a different universe, you could have used somebody who is more racially appropriate. Start for... the process of making mm-hmm. it better. You admitted, you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think probably the instinct here was let's keep it as close to Doctor Strange as possible before we veer off. So you have that very usual, easy visual signifier of Tilda Swinton, what she looked like as the ancient one. So, again, I understand the instinct here, but I I think you're right. I think given the fact that they were like, oops, we made an oopsie, Mm -hmm. this is a perfect chance to correct that. Um. I feel like the the opposite side, and I'm sure this is part of the discussion, is that would have become the discussion point for this episode instead of what they actually want people to talk about, which is what's going on with Doctor Strange. Like the entire discussion online, all the reviews would be like recast of the ancient one. They'd have conservative media coming out and be like, cancel culture comes from my favorite character, the ancient one played by Tilda Swinton. 
you know, oh, you well. can't bow to those forces, but I do understand there's a little bit of a potential hesitance there to be like, could we just have people focus on the story? That's what we want people to focus on, you know? So I, I'm, I'm obviously like gaming this out of my head here to you right now, but I think ultimately you're correct. They should have used this opportunity you're, to tweak it. You're really shilling big Marvel over here. Yeah. Always. On our Marvel <laughs> podcast, never. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> oh man! A couple of other things I wanted to talk about with this episode. I this is another classic "what if" Watcher thing that I, I believe we actually talked about on the last episode of the podcast. But the Watcher finally gets involved, stops watching. Oh, does he? Does he get involved? Yeah. He says, "Hey, man, you're making a mistake." He starts then, getting real. That. <laughs> I just was at that point, I was just like, yeah, might as well have this choice. Might as well. I mean, it's Jeffrey Wright. His voice is like a comfortable blanket. It's magical. Like, I get it. But, uh, yeah, I was just, it was that just like, hey, listen, we, Jeffrey Wright's doing the voice. Can we, can he just say something a couple times in a couple weird episodes? Like, just being like, hey, you're making a mistake, but I'm not going to do anything. Well, like we've talked about, though, that that is the thing with the watcher in the comics is he's always standing in the background of big events. Right. Saying, I'm just watching. That's my job. I just watch. I don't get involved. Just real quick. Mr. Fantastic though. If you like tweak that one thing <laughs> on your machine though, that might actually change the results of that because I really like earth, but I'm just a watcher. I'm not going to get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So I think this was their first opportunity to sort of broach that idea with the character. And not go full-fledged. So you're saying this whole series is really just setting up the Watcher losing his shit enough to yes. jump jump in and be like, all Absolutely. right, so just, just stop. Here's what stop. I think. This is definitely jumping ahead to our prognostication portion of the vision board. But I right. do think we've gotten teases from the trailer that this isn't the last time we've seen Strange Supreme. We're going to see Captain Carter coming back, a couple of other characters, potentially T'Challa, Star-Lord, and others. And I do think this very specifically is setting up something where the watcher is saying, I'm not getting involved in this one. This one timeline, I can't let the rest of the timelines get destroyed. But that's setting up. There is going to be a threat that will threaten every timeline. And that's potentially what the watcher is like, yeah, I got to I gotta fuck around with this a little bit <laughs> and do right. something. Potentially bring this team together of all these multiversal heroes well, to save the multiverse. And I'm glad we can all suffer along until the you know watcher finally steps up and does something. Yes. He, he's, he's just watching. He's like yeah. us. We're also watching. We're not getting we involved. Except for you, Pete, who's like... Yeah, I, I imagine I imagined you watching things like shoving your head into the TV and yelling at the characters <laughs> in real time. Yeah. Yeah, I would be a horrible watcher. A couple of other things about this episode that I thought were interesting. We got Rachel McAdams back I as mean, Christine Palmer. Come on. That's you, why you lose your mind. It's Rachel McAdams. I mean, you know, if you're going to do a, a romance thing, mm -hmm. you, you got the right right there. I mean. Come she on. is Mrs. Time Traveler's wife herself. Exactly. I mean, the main movie that everybody thinks of when they think of Rachel McAdams. <laughs> I mean, speaking of which, though, I feel like, and I know a lot of fans feel like, Rachel McAdams was kind of wasted in the first Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Do you feel like they did her justice in this episode? No, but yeah. I do agree <laughs> with him going like, I'll do anything for you know Rachel McAdams because, you know, he... 
it was so nice in the car. It was, you know, he just wanted to live there. You know? Yeah. I did feel like it was kind of rubbing our faces in it a little bit by just watching her die over and over, over and over again. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was really hard. Yes. But uh, at the same time, I'm glad they brought her back. I think she's back for the second one, the second movie, but I'm not 100% sure. Should have checked that. Uh, what else? We got Benedict Wong as Wong, of course. Uh, Great. I mean, May, just the greatest. Yeah. So good. Yeah. He, he's really settling into that. That's role. the only thing when it's like, oh, there's two timelines. I'm like, mm, that means there's two Wongs. One of these Wongs would step up and not stand for this <laughs> shit. So I'm having a hard time believing this is happening. No, Wong's whole thing is he's out of there every single time. <laughs> he's like, you, I can't. In Infinity I War, can't with he's you. like, nope, I'm out of here. Spider Man, no way home. He's like, peace. I can't get involved. He's like, this white dude is too much to deal with. I can't. 100%. But uh, I'm very excited to see him in Shang-Chi just to see how he leaves that situation. Uh, we also got, this isn't a big return, but this was such a funny one for them to bring back. And one of the things that I'm really enjoying in the series, Leslie Bibb was back as Christine Everhart, who is the news reporter in the background. She was in Iron Man and Iron Man 2 and maybe a couple of others. I don't remember, but, uh, that was a fun little return. I'm sure they were like, Hey, Leslie, could you say this one line over the phone? And she's like, yep, no problem. Sure can. Here we go. What else about the episode? What else would you like to call out, if anything, Pete? Any moments you did like, even though you were ultimately nut-punched by the ending? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, I like the, the whole library thing. That was cool. Um, you know, I, I think that there was, like, there was moments that I was like, oh, this is cool to see. This is a mm-hmm. fun, I'm glad we're exploring this area that we haven't got to see before. You know, I, the emotional roller coaster of holy crap, a cape fight was very exciting. But then the ending was just, you know, you know, very torturous. Um, and, you know, it was hard to see Doctor Strange kind of like absorbing eating people. That was mm-hmm. a little rough. It was fun that he drew the line of bugs, though. He was like, listen, I'll take your cape. But I want to know more about Sorcerer Supreme giant cockroach. I think that's an interesting thing we need to see for an episode. But I've also loved the bit of starting with a garden gnome. Is that, that, that like fun. we saw in Doom Patrol, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was that cockroach there. It's all yeah. it's all tied together. DC, Marvel, they're all comics. It's all good. Save Christine. Destroy the world. I was like, wow. That was, uh, it was really dramatic. But I, I, it's, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? I think they're only going to get darker from here, Pete. A couple of other things I wanted to call out. The book of Cagliostro is from Doctor Strange, the movie. That's what Cassilis, who is Mads Mikkelsen's character, called. There's also a couple of callback bits, like the whole calling him Strange and playing off his name thing. I think that's another joke that they had in that movie. Uh, But the continuity thing, while they're building up the stuff of the Watcher, they also brought back the Tentacle Beast, which was the thing that led to Captain Carter getting banished back in the first episode, which I thought was interesting. There's been some speculation that that is Shuma Gorath, who is basically a big tentacle monster who fights Doctor Strange sometimes in the comics. So I do wonder if that potentially could be the multiversal threat that we see coming down the road that the Watcher potentially pulls a team together for. But the other thing I... Started to get a little excited when he almost was pulled into the portal by the tentacle monster. I thought we were going to see Captain Carter again, and we didn't, unfortunately. Uh, 
But overall, I thought really, really good episode. Pete, despite the darkness, what did you think about this one? Where would you rate it among the episodes so far? Uh, I would say below all the other ones. Wow. You have different standards than I do. Yeah. I thought this was very good. I think I still enjoyed the third episode the most at this point, uh, but this was very well done. and it really So you like uh, being tortured? You're like, you know yep. what? I want to get tortured by some of the things that I love in sport. Yeah. When I watch a TV show, my main thought is, hurt me, daddy. Oh, my God. Too much? Yeah. Maybe a little too much. Let's move on to our next section, which is the vision board where we look forward and Marvel stuff. Now, we certainly discussed quite a bit uh, already, but we're going to do something new with this episode uh, beyond talking about the specific relationship to uh, this show and what we could expect coming up here, uh, which we've already talked about quite a bit. We're going to talk about some news items and rumor items in the world of the MCU. The first big one that does somewhat spin off of here is some stuff that popped up over the past week about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This is unconfirmed, like a lot of this stuff, so, you know, grain of salt. But there's a lot of rumors coming out that Wanda is, in fact, the bad guy in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And not only that, that she's going to have some sort of humongous fight with a character from the Fox universe. So, by which I mean the Fox den that is outside in my backyard where the foxes run and play. You know what I'm talking about, right? Sure, sure. No, one of the Fox characters, so that means someone X-Men, someone Fantastic Four, something like that. Deadpool? Is that who you think? It's definitely going to be Deadpool. There were a lot of initial speculation because of the familial ties in the comic books that maybe it would be Magneto, potentially. Mm. Uh, potentially Jean Grey is somebody who throw out there. They both have red hair, so that could happen. What What does that have to do with anything? I mean, I don't know. I think that's why people thought of Jean Grey, to be honest. Oh my God. Uh, also, Cable? What about Cable? They've already got Josh Brolin in an MCU movie, so they could just bring him back for that. I don't mm-hmm. know that I need to see Cable versus Wanda, though. Yeah. But you want to see Deadpool? That's who you want to see her fight? Well, I mean, if we're going to get crazy, if it's going to be, you know, madness, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I... I'm hesitant about this whole thing, particularly if this is going to be our first introduction to the X-Men and the MCU. Like, I want a clean start at this point. I don't want to go back to the Fox movies at all. I understand the impetus, the impulse there, excuse me. But I don't know, maybe Professor X or something like that. That would be fun. Or Wolverine. Wolverine versus Wanda, Pete. What do you think? Why would you? I mean, is that fun? I don't know. (laughs) Your your opinions are very weird to me sometimes. Yep. Uh, let's move on to another news item then. This is one very vague, but Mark Ruffalo tweeted out an article about Bruce Banner potentially appearing in Moon Knight, saying, as the person who's responsible for the next phase of the MCU, I would hate to spoil something I have learned the hard way. So what do you take away from that? Is he saying, oops, I spoiled it? Or I'm not going to talk about it. Which way are you leading? And do you even want to see Bruce Banner at Moon Knight? Uh, yes, please. Bruce Banner always uh, Mark Ruffalo yes in as many things as possible. What would he do there, though? Because that's such a weird fit to me with Moon Knight, who is not a character who spends a lot of time on science. Right. I don't know. Maybe um, they're hanging out at a bar. You know, and they're drinking buddies. Who cares? It would be fun. You just like the Ruffalo. Yeah. All right. 
weird fit in my mind. Another one. This is Sprinkle one that was a little ruffalo in. What's that gonna hurt? Put him in everything. Yeah. Hey, always better with ruffalo. I mean, come on. You're talking about Thor was so much better that because Mark Ruffalo was in there. I mean, come on. I don't know if that's totally the reason it was better, but it certainly helped. Yes. It was one yes. one of the parts of the recipe. I agree. Potentially. The heady stew that was Thor Ragnarok. Here's another one. There was a lot of speculation about, and not strictly MCU yet, though it is a Marvel movie, but that Venom Let There Be Carnage was going to be shifted to next year. The new poster with a very weird-looking Woody Harrelson on it came out yesterday that plugged that it definitely is coming to theaters on October 15th. Pete, are you going to go see Venom Let There Be Carnage in theaters? Well, what's nice is uh, since I'm you know outside of the New York City area, uh, they have uh, drive-in movies, so you can Ooh. go in in your little bubble and be safe and and watch it. And hell yeah, I'll do that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll probably catch that one later. And last but not least, Clark Gregg won on a podcast called The Marvel Movie Minute and reiterated that Agents of Shield is still in canon, and Kevin Feige doesn't want to do anything to upset Agents of Shield fans, despite some little hints like the Darkhold popping up in a very different way over in WandaVision that seem to push the show out of canon. What do you think about that one, Pete? Well, I think that there is some truth to it. Um, you know, Marvel will probably use things how they think is best for everybody. But yeah, I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, there's some real great stuff in there, so they don't want to mess with it. I, I buy that, too. There was something, gosh, maybe it was even a year ago now when Kevin Feige did a thing before the Disney Plus series came out uh, with the Television Critics Association, and he was answering questions about that. One of the specific questions was about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix shows and everything, and he talked about the legions of fans that these shows have, and he wants to respect all that. So I think, if anything, they're not going to decanonize any of these shows, but they are going to do things like the Darkhold that don't strictly contradict those shows, but also don't reference those shows. You right, know what I mean? It's just a little shout-out, you know what I mean? Well, same sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of rumors that Charlie Cox is going to show up as Daredevil in yes. the Spider-Man movie. I think if he does, he's not going to be like, well, in season three, I never fought the hand. You know, like he's they're not going to have any reference to it. He's just going to be there yeah. with the red sunglasses as lawyer Matt Murdock. And it's not yeah. going to reference events in any way, you know? Yeah, but I'm hoping for like a slow camera pan as a foggy reveal. You know what I mean? It just slow camera pan over to a graveyard where the grave says no, come Foggy on. Nelson. Yeah. What if? R.I.P. Or wait, which fog? Here's the thing, though. I learned this the other day, which I didn't realize. You want a slow pad over to John Favreau. You don't want a slow pad over to Eldon Henson, right? Well, I mean, it's hard because Favreau is happy, but also foggy. Which are so, two very different weather patterns. Uh, go F yourself. I think, you know, you got to make a choice. You know what I mean? Could he play both? I think he's that good. Mm. Maybe they're twins. That would be a fun, oh. fun little thing. <laughs> yeah. He wears glasses for one or something. A know? mustache. He has yeah. a mustache for one. <laughs> he has a mustache. 
All right, folks, I think that's a good note to wrap up this episode on. If you would like to support our podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about what if iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen and follow the show at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Forgot what social medias were for a second. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous.